0: Good morning and Happy New Year. It is Tuesday, January 3rd. I'm Gideon Resnick in for Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. We're glad to be back with you. On today's show, an NFL player is in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest on the field, the rise of births following the fall of Roe v. Wade, and how practicing optimism can help your health. first, Congress kicks off its new session today. And on the agenda for the House of Representatives, now narrowly controlled by Republicans, is a roll call vote for a new leader to succeed Speaker Nancy Pelosi. House Speaker elections tend to be a kind of dull first day formality in Congress. But this year's vote is anything but. It's shaping up to be the most dramatic in a century.
1: Pretty much everyone thinks this goes to a second ballot, which hasn't happened in the House of Representatives since 1923.
0: That is Natalie Andrews, a congressional reporter for The Wall Street Journal who has been following the vote. The top choice for many House Republicans is Congressman Kevin McCarthy. He won the party's nomination last fall. Now, whether he and his allies will be able to secure the 218 votes that are needed to become House Speaker with such a tight Republican majority, that's the big question
1: they're going to have 222 Republicans. So Kevin McCarthy can only lose four votes to get that magic number. And there's already five House Republicans who have said they will absolutely not vote for him on the first ballot.
0: Andrew says there's no one cause that is uniting this small group of GOP lawmakers against McCarthy. He's been a Republican leader for over a decade and has made some enemies along the way. And a failed bid could derail the party's future plans. If the House can't reach a consensus on a new speaker today, Congress will get off to a slow start.
1: The delay of choosing the House speaker really delays the whole Congress from starting. So House Republicans are starting to get antsy. They just won the majority. They'd like to get going on legislation. And it is going to take them longer to get their committees set up. It's going to take them longer to get legislation going on the floor.
0: McCarthy and his allies spent the holiday weekend working the phones and meeting with members to change minds. And Andrews says they'll likely be working down to the noon Eastern deadline for today's floor vote. And if he doesn't win on the first ballot, it'll go to a second ballot, then potentially a third or more. In
1: 1923, it took nine ballots to reach a consensus candidate. Kevin McCarthy's gonna try to make some more deals if he can. If he can't, you could see an emergence of a consensus candidate or an emergence of someone challenging him and saying, hey, you don't have the votes. So it could get dramatic, but there's always a chance that Kevin McCarthy wins it on the first ballot.
0: That is what he is hoping for, at least. And if McCarthy is elected to hold the speaker's gavel next, he will be the third in line to the presidency. Lamar Hamlin, a 24-year-old safety for the Buffalo Bills, is in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest last night during the team's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. This terrifying moment came with just a few minutes left in the first quarter. Hamlin had tackled Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins near midfield. He stood up, then almost immediately collapsed to the ground. Medical personnel performed CPR for several minutes and gave Hamlin oxygen before putting him in an ambulance. Players and coaches from both teams were visibly distressed. The entire Bills sideline rushed to surround Hamlin as he received care, and the NFL eventually postponed the game. According to the Bills, Hamlin is currently sedated and in critical condition. ESPN reports that the University of Cincinnati Medical Center does not anticipate making any statements about his condition early Tuesday morning. Last night, Ryan Clark, a former NFL safety, joined ESPN as it covered the aftermath of Hamlin's collapse. Clark had a serious health scare of his own back in 2007 that made him uniquely qualified to give some insight on the developing situation with Hamlin.
2: So many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see Mm -hmm. or never wants to admit exists.
0: Hamlin is from Pittsburgh and was one of the top cornerbacks in the country for the class of 2016. He played for the University of Pittsburgh and was a sixth round pick for the Bills in the 2021 NFL draft. His charitable foundation called Chasing M's has been raising money for a holiday toy drive for kids in Pennsylvania. Hamlin aimed to collect $2,500 for the cause. And as of this morning, donations have surged to over $3 million. Let's turn now to the state of abortion rights as we enter 2023. An economic model predicts there will be 50,000 more annual births in America if abortion restrictions go forward as expected. Melissa Jeltson wrote about this problem for The Atlantic.
3: That's not that many more births when you look at the whole number of births that happen in the U.S. every year. But it's significant in that these births are not going to be equally distributed across the population. It's really going to be births with mothers who are in extreme poverty and have the least amount of resources to be able to access abortion in the first place.
0: And she explains that people denied abortions are likely to be in states with poor track records of supporting infants and parents.
3: The states that have banned abortion or are in the process of banning abortion are already the states where it is the hardest to be a pregnant mother or to have a young newborn, where there aren't the types of resources and a strong safety net for people who need it to be able to call upon it.
0: One policy Jelson says could help a lot would be extending pregnancy-related Medicaid coverage for a full year after a birth. Now, federal law only requires two months. But many states that have banned abortion have not taken this step to help low-income parents. Jelson worries that changes to shore up assistance are just not happening fast enough.
3: It's very realistic to expect that there will be more families in poverty, more women will die as a result of these bans, and if these states want to do something about it, they need to act now. These are complicated problems that require a lot of resources and investment.
0: Roe v. Wade was struck down about six months ago. So a wave of births could be just weeks away. It's the time of year when self-improvement is top of mind for a lot of people. New year, new goals, you know the drill. So maybe in 2023, you've pledged to call family and friends more often or order less takeout or dust the cobwebs off that fitness membership that you bought last year. But what about just trying to change your frame of mind? Judith Graham from Kaiser Health News writes about the benefits of practicing optimism. Scientists have been digging into it for years, and two studies released in 2022 found practicing optimism can help our bodies stay healthier for longer.
2: Optimism enhances confidence, mental strength, resilience, And these are some of the qualities most needed as we get older, because we need the ability to adapt to difficult circumstances, and optimism is one of those characteristics that allows us to do so.
0: Studies have linked higher levels of optimism with a reduced risk for things like heart disease, stroke, and cognitive impairment. Optimistic people tend to be better at regulating their emotions and navigating the challenges of day-to-day life. Graham spoke with a bunch of self-identified optimists to better understand their half-glass-full worldview. Like Grace Harvey from Georgia, she is 100 years old, the daughter of sharecroppers. And Graham suspects Harvey was born an optimist. For her, faith plays a key role.
2: Her belief in God is a deep source of optimism. Her belief helps her adapt to all kinds of situations and cultivates trust.
0: For another woman Graham spoke with, Anita Larrick, the daughter of Holocaust survivors, optimism was a skill she worked to develop over time.
2: She said she was not at all optimistic in her youth, but her journey through life, she said, was a journey from resentment to understanding. I think she resented the sense of trauma that she grew up with and the sense of fear. She said there's always the struggle, there's always the midnight voice, But what she does is she encounters it, she acknowledges it, and she chooses trust in herself and in the people that surround her and in the world that she's created for herself. She chooses gratitude.
0: Becoming an optimistic person might sound easier said than done, and the science does support that. Studies suggest some people have a natural advantage and genetically inherit optimism from their ancestors, but it can be learned. How is the next big question for scientists, Graham says. Until we have that answer, Graham has this advice from her reporting.
2: Optimism is a continual choice. It's not just something that you take for granted. It's something that you enact every day of your life.
0: You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And if you're already listening in the news app, stick around. We've got a narrated article coming up next. New York Magazine takes us behind Hollywood's fascination with hiring the children of famous people, and why so many fans love, hate, and obsess over these so-called Nepo babies. So sit back, enjoy listening to that, and we'll be back here with the news tomorrow.